You are listening to Seize the Day with Natalie Miller-Snell. During these podcasts, we'll be exploring all of the different opportunities that we get to seize the day on a daily basis and what tools and what changes we can make in order to grab those goals. Are you ready to make change? Podcast lovers, hello, hello, hello. It's Thursday. I'm Natalie and you are listening to Seize the Day. Now, I have a real treat for you. Joining me on today's show is a wonderful woman. She's an author, a blogger, podcast host of The Curvy Side of Life and director at the Golden Crown Literary Society. She's an all-round wonderful human being and it's truly my pleasure to have on Susie Carr. Round of applause. Thank you, Natalie. That is quite the opening. (laughs) Well, you know, it's all very true as well. It's lovely. It's so thank you so much for coming on because I know it's very early for you. We just had a bit of a chat and it's what 5 a.m. over your time. It is 5 a.m. And for anybody who knows me, they know that this is actually not that early for me. I've been up. I usually get up at 2.30 in the morning. So <laughs> 5 a.m. is like, hey, it's sleeping in. It's, I actually slept late. in this morning. <laughs> oh, bless you. I love it. I love it. Where actually are you? For anyone listening, where are you at the moment, Susie? Can you describe where you are? Oh, yes. So you mean not the state, but actually my room? Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. no specifics. (laughs) Yeah, where are you recording from? Is this where you podcast? Is this, yeah? Yes, it is. I am in my dining room. And I'm, I love sitting in my dining room doing my podcasting because it's an open floor plan. And I need space. Yeah. I need space. So I wear, typically I wear this little Zoom lapel recorder and I walk around while I'm doing my podcast because I feel like I just need, I have all of this energy and I need to do something with that, all, all that energy. So I pace the floor and sometimes you hear a squeak or two and I have to edit that out because I have very squeaky floors <laughs> and I am going to do something about that soon. I've never noticed, honestly, I've never noticed that, but that's fascinating. I've never tried the lapels. Are they good? Do you enjoy it? I love the lapel because it really offers freedom. And a lot of times I I do a lot of uh, interviewing for my job at a university and I'll have faculty members do webinars and they get really uncomfortable sitting in front of a computer with a headset on. They feel trapped. They are used to being in front of a classroom, walking around, talking. So we've used these lapel mics and it's like they opened up their personality and the webinars are so much richer as a result. I suppose you're less co- uh, you're less conscious. Yes. Because you're not even aware that it's there. Right. right. Yeah, I can, I can see that. So you're more natural and therefore your personality comes out. Yeah. I can move my arms because I like to talk with my hands and it's all good. I am so animated. It's crazy. Look, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, we, we met last year, last July, well, just before that, actually, um, Sheena hooked us up when I was starting out on the podcast journey. And I must say, I met you in Vegas for GCLS, which we'll come on to later. And you were so kind to me and so lovely and offered such invaluable advice in terms of starting the journey. And I, I don't forget that. And certainly I found you very inspiring looking at what you do in your life and in terms of the, you know, the podcasting, we do a very similar thing on the shows, uh, but different as well. You know, I don't think you can talk too much about positivity. Um, and your life generally so you know let's chat about you and where it all started Caesar Day is all about celebrating wonderful women and I know you've been through quite a lot of adversity in your life which is quite incredible and very admirable in terms of how you've turned negative to positive so if you're keen to, to maybe not to rehash the detail but touch on what you've learned from it and 
I suppose the the insights that you've gained from those experiences and how you turned it around to a positive, I think would be a, a great thing. Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, I just want to say I loved meeting you in GC- at GCLA. Ah! It was wonderful to put a face to the name and to the just we had interactions via email. And so it's just wonderful to meet somebody in person. Yes. And you are so vivacious and lively and energetic and full of life. And it was just such a pleasure <laughs> being able to work with you oh. in that early moment and see you bloom. I mean, it's amazing. You're all right. So your podcast is absolutely brilliant. I love listening. Oh, bless to it. you. Yeah, I love listening to it. You have done such a great job. You have the perfect voice for it. And <laughs> And the perfect personality. It's it's really it's it's such a pleasure to see how you've grown your channel. It's amazing. So kudos. No, I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah. cheers. Thank you. <laughs> but go on, let's talk about you. Okay, so adversity, right? Adversity is such an important element to life. It, it's something that helps us grow as people. And most people spend their life trying to avoid adversity and challenge because it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Nobody likes to step outside of that comfort zone willingly. Um, But I say that it is one of the best things you can do for yourself is to stare discomfort in the face and challenge yourself to overcome that obstacle. And so, yes, I mean, I think all of us have been through adversity in life and it's what we learn from that adversity that helps, it kind of turns us into the people that we are today. Today, I am a person who... I, I feel like I've developed a sense of empathy, a sense of community, a sense of just overall understanding that everybody comes at a conversation, at an interaction with a different lens, and that is okay. What I, what I have learned as well is there are people out there who at first seem like they are bullying and they are mean, and some people are legitimately out there just to do that. And yeah, that's never okay. And it hurts like hell when it happens to you. But sometimes it's a matter of also understanding that the person who is in effect doing the bullying may just be doing it because they are coming from an ignorant place. And I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. What I mean is they are ignorant to the fact of what they are actually, they don't even understand what they're upset about. Or maybe they're just going with the flow of what people are saying, and they're just following that lead. And once they understand where somebody else is coming from, when they, if, they, if they're able to change and actually become an empathetic person as a result of understanding how, how their actions and words have hurt somebody, then that's great because it's potential growth there. And there's an, I, there, there is a way for people to connect on a level that is so much deeper and richer than ever possible if that person didn't open up to growth and understanding mm-hmm. and changing as a person. Because, yeah, you're right, right. Yeah. right? So yeah. I, 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 I try really hard not to be a judgmental person when it comes to people who have hurt me in the past. I believe that there's a, an element of forgiveness that is necessary if somebody truly tries to ask for that forgiveness. There are some people who are very closed off from ever forgiving somebody for hurting them. And that, that's really a disadvantage in life when you close off from that, when you are able to listen to somebody and understand where they were coming from and then come to a mutual agreement that something really hurt and that person acknowledges that, then you can move forward and some rich things can happen as a result. So that I'll, I'll 
preface what I'm about to say with that. So what happened to me in the less fit community was um, I started publishing my books back in 2011. And in 2012, I said, you know, I need to, I'm going to write a blog post about who I am as a person writing in the lesbian fiction genre. And who I am is I'm a bisexual woman married to a man. And I was always afraid to come out with that because I wasn't sure how that would be accepted by the community. And back in 2012, it was not accepted. Um, It really wasn't. I received a lot of terrible hate mail, email from people, messages on Facebook, on Twitter, telling me that, how dare you write in the less fit community if you're not a lesbian? And, you know, I'm a woman who I love women loving women. And I, I, I felt at that moment that I didn't have a place in the literary world. And it was a really uncomfortable position to be in because what was I supposed to do now? I felt like my writing career was over, that a handful of people were dictating my future. And it was really hurtful. And I thought there, I do a lot of other bisexual authors who could have potentially been hurt by this as well. Um, so anyway, I went into hiding. I took all that, took that blog post down. I went back in the closet. <laughs> oh, crikey. In a community where I thought I should be accepted. I, had to, I was not accepted by a handful of people. This is, um, this is not yeah. the entire community. I want to I sure. say that. There are many people who are very supportive. But at that time, it was a different time, different place, different political. Everything was very different. Um, so anyway... I went back into hiding, took all that down, and then I had to hide who I was as if I had to be shameful of who I am, a person who has been married for 24 years happily and with an incredibly supportive person by my side who encourages me to be me at all times in life. And so it took took some time. January 2016, I finally came out of hiding. Yes. So, sorry to interrupt you, Susie, because, I mean, your story is quite incredible. You didn't write that whole time? No, I wrote as a person who I had to hide who I was. And so people just assumed I was a lesbian. They assumed I was married to a woman and I couldn't correct them. So I felt like I had to not only be shameful of who I am, but I had to not, I had to lie out of omission. And that did not feel right to me because I'm a very authentic person. And Mm. I was so afraid to ruin my writing career by saying who I was. And in January, 2016, this wonderful person, her name is Alex, and she, she's the host of a very popular podcast radio show called The Naked Truth. And she challenged me. She's a very bold person in such a lovely way. And she challenged me to go on her show and conf- not really confess, but I guess confess who yeah. I am again. So And celebrate I, it. Thank you. you. Yeah, celebrate who you are. The incredible person. Oh, carry on. Sorry, I've got so much to say. <laughs> so I did. I went on her show and I was scared to death because I thought, well, this could be the end of my writing career again. And I had just written this really cool book called The Dance. And it was about honeybees and about loss and forgiveness. And I God, I wanted it to do so great in the charts and I wanted people to read it. And I was coming out again, just as this book was releasing. And she had my hand the whole time. I'll I'll just say that. And she did it in such a way I felt courageous and bold. And one thing on her show, after I 
you know, stated who I was, she, you know, she challenged me to take a step. And so I did. One dream that I always had since publishing my books was to go to the GCLS conference, the Golden Crown Literary Society. But I was too afraid because I didn't know if I was going to be accepted or welcomed there because I'm not a lesbian. And I was so afraid to always go and, be, and have to answer the question, so are you married? Who's your, who's your wife? And I was so afraid to answer that question. And I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to show up and be me. Uh-huh. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go and I'm not going to worry now. If, you know, I'm just going to go. Well, let me tell you, I'm now on the board of directors for GCLS. As a, <laughs> That's awesome. I am a director of membership for them. And part of, part of the board this year, what we did was we came together in a, in a face-to-face meeting to discuss how we can become more inclusive and welcoming and, and allow people who are not lesbians to feel welcomed at our conferences in our, in our society. And so it's wonderful because we've changed our mission statement. We've done all of that. And it's, it's, an, it's an incredibly welcoming space for anybody who just, who loves books that are lesbian themed about women loving women. And you can be, you can be straight, you can be bi, you can be trans, you can be anything you want to be. As long as you're writing about women loving women, your books we, we will we will celebrate those books within the community. That's what we celebrate: women loving women, les, lesbian themed literature. So anyway, that is my story. The adversity that I went through has changed me into a person who is accepting, welcoming, non-judgmental, understanding of people who may be judgmental, and try to get to a common ground where they can understand both sides of the story and how people's feelings can affect your own feelings. And by doing so, we just create a better space where people can connect on a deeper level. You know what? Honestly, you're absolutely incredible. And that's what this show is all about. It's about celebrating ourselves. It's about celebrating who we are and also the fantastic things that we do overcome and deliver and, and what we bring and put out into the world we're all unique we're all individual and that's what's so special no one person is better than the next we're all it was we're all different and that's what's wonderful I, I truly truly believe that and I find it exciting to meet people who have got different ideas or different thoughts because it challenges my mind and it makes me have to question oh do you know what that's a really good point I like what you've said there the whole sexuality thing frustrates me beyond belief because we are just when we don't look the same, you know, everybody is minutia detailed different. And that makes sense internally as well in terms of our likes and everything else and our core you know, motivation. So how you both tackled it, dealt with it, confronting it in that way, and also appreciating the other points, the other person's point of view and helping to get them to understand. Admirable, Susie, really admirable. And I'm certain there's lots of people listening who'll be able to identify with you. If it's not this particular topic, something else perhaps as well and and bring those tools in. And certainly Susie's podcasts are incredible. What she's just talked about now, she talks about in such a wonderful, eloquent way on your podcast in terms of supporting and help motivate people. So I definitely recommend listening. Thank you. You know, awesome. And and tell me, so the book side of things, writing obviously is, is your passion. 
does that help you in day to day as well when you're even going through adversity like that what you know how did where do you get your inspiration for the books and and what what are they all about oh Natalie I love that question (laughs) (laughs) I love talking books Books. (laughs) yeah so books book writing is a big part of my life And what I love about writing books is being able to delve into the intricacies of the human mind. (laughs) I I love being able to get into the character's head and, and just learn about life through their lens. So what I try to do is I love to give my characters some deep flaws some great challenges and nice. and kind of put them through that and see, well, where are they going to come out on the other end? And it surprises me too, because, you know, a lot of times when a writer sits down to write, the character takes over the keyboard and it's such an incredibly thrilling ride because you never know what's going to come out of them. Love it. Love it. Do you really, sometimes do you go on the journey with them then? And then, oh, wow. Okay. This is where we should go. I would say that is that happens 95% of the time. There is there oh. there are definitely planned I definitely plan my novel out cuz I am a planner. So I have a sort of structure that I like to stay within in terms of the storyline and some of the challenges. However, it's the the things that are going on in their mind, how they perceive the world and what those perceivements will do in terms of action that surprise the heck out of me. And I'm like, holy shit, that is so cool. I'm so glad she did that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love it. Do you have a favorite book though? Or is that, is that okay to ask? <laughs> oh, you do? Oh yeah, I like, okay. <laughs> you know, so I, I love, I love all my books for different reasons. Obviously I wouldn't have written them if I didn't love them. I wouldn't have yeah. published them. I should say I've written many that I haven't published because I, <laughs> they're just not, they're, they're not, meant for, I guess, public consumption. But the ones that I have published, I'm proud of them. I worked hard on them. And I would say I have two favorites at this point. And the reason why they are my favorites is because they might, this might sound funny to some people, but the inspiration of my dogs helped me write these two books. And that's why they're my favorites, because my dogs were my everything. So the first one is The Dance, and that one was published back in 2016, and I did a, some intensive research with honeybees. Honeybees are the perfect symbol for showing life and death and the beauty in both. So what I did was I went to a local bee apiary, and I suited up, and I went out there, and I hung out with tens of thousands of honeybees, and it was the most peaceful yet invigorating experience I have ever experienced in my life. Did you have to wear the suit or were you out? Yeah, I did wear the suit. No way. Wow. Okay. No, yeah. you didn't get stung. I did not get stung. They are playful. They are tranquil. They're like puppy dogs. They really, really are. Honeybees wow. are beautiful creatures. They're not going to attack you unless okay. you attack them. <laughs> they, they, they have a perception. They can feel. They can feel the emotions of other people. I can, that's my own, I, I've done some research and that's what they say, but I've experienced that for myself. I was going to say you experienced it as well, right? Lovely. Yeah, they, they know energy. And if you go in there with calm, soothing energy, a loving energy, they're going to do the same thing for you. And boy, did they ever. It was beautiful. And I've gone back several times and I, I'm friends with the local bee appy, beekeepers. And it's wonderful. They welcome me in there. I buy honey from them and bee pollen. And it's, it's a fantastic experience. So what that is, 
what that research experience helped me to do was write a really compelling story about, a, about two women falling in love in the face of great challenges and great adversity, including deaths, including grieving, including um, marital infidelity, things of that sort, wow. not between them, but with their yeah. past, with their past partners and spouses. Um, so anyway, this book is about learning how to forgive, learning how to love again, and the bees help drape this story in a lot of symbolism that is so true of human connection. And what I, what, what I learned from this book was my, my dog Sunshine, who's a big white boxer, 120 pound boxer, Wow. <laughs> he passed away. <laughs> he passed away in 2015 and he stole a big piece of my heart when he, when he passed. Mm -hmm. And this book helped me heal writing this book because I felt his spirit when I was writing it in so many ways. He taught me how to overcome death and look at it in a beautiful way. He taught me the value of looking at death as when somebody passes that we truly, truly love, we owe it to their life and their legacy to not die with them in spirit. Because I had sort of died a little bit in spirit when Sunshine passed away. And I felt him say to me, Mom, you are not honoring my life or my spirit by dying with me. And as mm -hmm. soon as I heard him say that to me, that was the big central theme of this story. And that's why it remains one of my top favorites. And so that was that one. Wow. My next favorite hasn't published yet. Well, it may, it may publish by the time this podcast publishes. It's publishing on March 1st, 2019, okay. and it's called The Pet Boutique. See, I've, seen, I've seen you advertising it. I'm really excited, really excited. And this one is all about Bumblebee. Now, Bumblebee just passed away in July, a week after I met you, Natalie, and it was tough. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... I I actually suffered her death a lot harder because I didn't have any other dogs to, to focus my attention on. And it was really, really hard for me and still is. Matter of fact, I'm trying not to get emotional yeah, right now. No, bless you. Bless yeah. You. Um, but she is a huge part of this book. She, okay. A huge part of this book. And all right, so her role in this book is she is cashmere. That's her name. And I know. <laughs> cute. <laughs> That's cute. I named her that because her favorite auntie who comes to visit me in Maryland all the time, that's her nickname for her, Cashmere. So I thought, well, how fitting. So I'm going to name this dog, this character, Cashmere. And she's a white boxer, just as, just as my Bumblebee. She is Bumblebee. And my, my whole goal in writing her character was I wanted to be able to reflect back and read this book over and over again and be able to live, be able to enjoy her, her spirited, fun spirited nature. And so in this book, she lives on, carries on, she does not die. She is an integral part of the, of the story and she helps, she helps the characters and she just is, I put all of the fun, silly antics that she would do daily into this character. So I find myself when I am reading it to review it, over and over again. I, I laugh out loud because that is so her. And it's such a wonderful way to pay tribute to her. And you know, a lot of readers who have been following me on social media all these years, they, they know Bumblebee. And so I feel like they are going to appreciate this story too, because it's just, it's wonderful to, to have that spirit, that energy of a dog 
around. And so this story has that. In addition to, it's a love story between two women. And, you know, so it's, it's obviously got that romantic side that will appeal to my audience as well. I love it. It's great. And hey, we all love animals. So it's a great, it's a great aspect to have within or as part of the ongoing romance within a story. So I can't wait for that to come out. Actually, I'm really excited. Thank you. Right, okay. I've got some random questions for you. Are you ready? I am. Here we go. <laughs> right. What was the last book that you read? Oh, well, right now I'm eating. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> You're eating books, Susie. Wow. <laughs> this right? is a new take on things. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, right now I am reading Eating Life by Beth Brennan. Oh, okay. <laughs> But what a great title for a book. What's it about? I, all right. So I loved the title and the cover. Right. She, I think this book came out and I, I can't remember what year. I think it was last year. I think it was 2018, could have been 2017. All I remember is when she first published it, I loved the cover. It was this beautiful cover of women's legs hanging over the edge of a car. And I thought wow. that's such a wild and free looking story just the cover yeah. itself had a story to it and eating life the title is amazing and so it did take me this long only because i am a very slow reader i like to really indulge when i'm reading and i read a lot of different books and so i weave in between fiction and nonfiction. so this is my fiction read right now and i am loving 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 it it's it I'm not going to do it justice if I try to explain it. Just go out there and buy this book because I'm halfway through it and I am totally engrossed in it. Beth Burnett has an incredibly brilliant writing voice. Her description is impeccable and it just sucks you right in. It's wonderful. So that's what I'm reading right now. And I, yeah, I'm just loving it. Brilliant. I am definitely going to, I, the title alone has sold me. Okay. If, uh, who would you want to be stranded on a desert island with? <laughs> I have not prepped Susie for these questions, by the way. And I'm giggling over here, trying to come up yeah, with something. Yeah, exactly. like, who would that be? Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, if we're talking in terms of intellectual inspiration, Tony yeah. Robbins. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. He's one of my all-time go-to coaches, virtual coaches, if you will. I haven't been coached by him personally, but by his information. It's like a mentor almost. Yes. I have absorbed everything he's put out there. I even went to his, I even went to a, a, um, I I don't want to call it a show, but I went to Tony Robbins in August. (laughs) Oh, wow. How was it? Incredible. I saw him live and he was right in front of me. And- He is just an incredible force of nature. I don't know any other way to describe his energy level. And just the insights that he has, has changed my life. And I really do believe that I've developed into the person I am today because of the stuff he teaches. So I would love to be stuck on it. If I had to be stuck on an island with one person, he would be it because I would just suck all that information in as much as I could and just, just enjoy it. Yeah, I, that's the main, do you know, and that's what this show's about as well. And I think why I enjoy what I do with the podcast is having experienced so many fantastic people in my life and who I would call mentors, be it through books, be it through watching somebody might not have been a personal relationship, but it could have been. 
having experienced and, and gained such wonderful information it's almost wanting to give it back to a degree and you know if people enjoy it or not it but making it available and uh, yeah I love that when you're in I did a, I attended a workshop last October it was by Dr Sam Collins she the same absolutely inspiring a prof, had a profound impact on my life it, you know something you just take and it resonates with you and then you think right okay I can do this I'm going to move forward and this is how I approach it and internally you know what it is you need to do but sometimes you need a little driver or someone to just say something that kicks you and yeah okay right let's get on and do this regardless of whatever I might fear or whatnot absolutely yeah good okay I like that I'll come join you let's go all right woo. <laughs> yeah, let's do it okay now I can't remember if you do this anyway so I, I hope this uh, this question's relevant what would you sing at a karaoke night Oh my do you god! Do karaoke? I love karaoke. Are you I kidding me? I thought so. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, what's your number? What do you bellow? What do you sing? <laughs> okay. So, I all right. I am a shower singer, right? Uh, <laughs> just we can get you a shower if you want. I mean, you know, <laughs> I sing in my car. Okay. Now, publicly, I I do sing at karaoke. However, okay. I can't, I, I cannot say if I'm good or not. Um, what I can say is I have a great time while I'm doing it and nobody is, <laughs> nobody's covering their ears. So that might be a good sign. They might be giggling. Okay. So I'm not sure what that oh, all means, but yes, yeah. I love karaoke. And while I golden crown literary society, the, the conference, they have a karaoke yeah. night and I love doing that. I, I mean, I usually get up with a group of people and I giggle the whole time because I, I just can't keep it together. But my song, my go-to song is I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. When I was younger, when I was younger, I used to go and sing karaoke. That was a big thing back when I was in my early 20s. So maybe that's revealing my age a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I'm not afraid to say it. I'm 49 years old and I'm proud of uh, it. You look incredible. Absolutely. I'd never, I, honestly, I wouldn't say you were. You look incredible. Thank you. It's, so hang on. Is it the big 5-0 this year? Yes, September. Oh, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> well, you got plenty of time to plan. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I'm more of a let's go hike the okay. let's go hike the Appalachian Trail type of person, not the whole thing, but I'll oh, probably nice. be doing something yeah. outdoorsy. That's how I celebrate my life. Is love it being out there in nature with the one I love. So anyway, yeah, that's the song that I used to sing when I was younger, and I just like probably blew out the sound speakers. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I only I've never done karaoke. I did it once. I got to travel with work. I was in Japan. Of all the random play, well, they love karaoke. Japanese love it. We were in Tokyo. I mean, they've got floor buildings that have got floors and floors and rooms and rooms of karaoke. It's incredible. One must when in Japan. So I tried it out then. I really enjoyed it. I'm not, again not sure what I sounded like. <laughs> Gratefully, there's no video footage. <laughs> karaoke okay. heaven. Okay, last question for you. What is your most used emoji on your phone? The red heart. Oh, oh, love it. Love it. I love, I love spreading love. I do use that one a lot too. I, I love the, the crying, laughing face. I think that's probably my most used for, for everything. I find most things funny. <laughs> but no, I love that. Okay. Oh, Susie, you're absolutely gorgeous. I must say, thank you so much. Right. So finally, to wrap this up, what would you say to anybody since this is a Caesar Day theme? What would you say to anybody who wants to 
come out of their comfort zones to try something new to just take the plunge and do something that they've thought about for forever and haven't necessarily had the confidence to do it what would you say is the best way to tackle it and to get out there and do it yeah so that's an important question and one that i've evaluated in my mind over and over again because i've done it over and over again and here's my take on it i have a lot of regrets in life for things that i didn't do earlier because because of fear I used to fear public speaking. And then one day I decided I'm going to do it. And then I ended up majoring in it in college because I loved it so much. Wow. Right. So there's an example of just taking the plunge and then realizing after that, wow, I really love this. This invigorates me. So that's one example. Another thing is leaving something behind that's no longer serving is a really hard thing for a lot of people and walking into the unknown. So there, you know, everybody's different in their decision making. I feel like a lot of people, including myself, get stuck in that paralysis by analysis phase, which means you spend too much time thinking about what could or could not happen. And then you never take that step. And then afterwards, you never took the step and you regret it because you missed out on an opportunity potentially. There are a lot of yeah. potential possibilities out there. And the only way you are going to grab hold of those is if you actually take that step towards it. It's not very really does it come at does it come to you. That's luck. And luck doesn't luck is not something you can count on. You have to take massive action on things if you want them to happen in your life and you have to be able to look fear in the face and say you are not going to control me. Yeah, feel the fear, yeah and do it anyway. Do it anyway. What is the worst thing that can happen? Are you going to die from this situation? And if the answer is no, then go for it. And you know what? For some people, if the answer, maybe some people want to go skydiving. And well, sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> you might die. There from is it. a risk there. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, I went scuba diving, right? I, I became an open water certified scuba diver to research my novel beneath everything. And I had to, I was out there in the middle of the ocean, <laughs> beautiful tropical ocean, of course. But I mean, I dove down to 70, 80 feet. I could have died. And you know what the thought was before I jumped off the boat on, the, on those dives? If I died doing this, it was all worth it. Fear cripples us, doesn't it? And, you know, our hand on my heart, it does the same to me. And it's, you know, it takes some discussion internally to quiet the the oh what yes. if mind because that you know that voice is there and it does always try to stop you from doing things yes. but you do feel worse if you don't do it because then I think that can it compounds the however you look at yourself and let's say we, you assume you fail it compounds that failure thought and therefore you start to believe internally that's who I am I, I can't do things I don't I fail I'm not good but you've got to just go for it and if you fall up some stairs when you're going to grab an award or do a presentation, oh, well, laugh it off. Okay. <laughs> it, it'll be over soon. <laughs> Hopefully. <That's so> funny. <laughs> do you know what I mean though? Yeah. Absolutely. Real quick. So one of the things that I, one of my goals for this year is to do more live videos on YouTube. And okay. there's something about having to press that live record button and go live that freaks me out. And right. even still, it freaks me out. And I'll sit there and I'm like, press it, press it, just go live. And it takes me some time. And I say to myself, if you do not do this, you are going to be so mad at yourself. 
So yeah. just get it over with. And so I press it and then I go live and it's the best thing in the world. And I have such a great time and I love it. And after I'm done, I'm like, I am so glad and feel so empowered that I just did that. <laughs> did that. Oh, that's an, a fabulous example. And in fact, I've never done one, but I can, I can understand where you're coming from because you're all of a sudden, hi, everybody. And it, you're waiting then for the feedback perhaps or whatever. I don't know quite how they work. Inc that's a great example Susie Re yeah just get on and do it and then you feel great afterwards I've done it once I can do it again third time it should be easy but, but I think the key is as well you never quite lose the fear it's always there you just get more comfortable with it or you know where your boundaries and where your limitations are or where you can push yourself yes yeah. always look for an opportunity to get uncomfortable yeah oh love it thank you so much right okay where can everybody find you Susie Twitter Facebook not in your dining room <laughs> everywhere else <laughs> the best place is probably curveswelcome.com and then from there all my social social media icons are right there connect with me on social i'm on twitter i'm on instagram facebook youtube linkedin i think that might be it i'm sure i'm leaving something out oh no as long as i get to your web page that's fine and gcls this year is july the 10th Yes, right? July 10th through whatever that Sunday is, 13th or 14th. I think it's the 14th. Yes, it's in Pittsburgh. And your key, keynote speaker this time is Melinda Lowe, did I see? Yes. Oh, <gasps> crikey. I, I'm not, I haven't booked it. I really want, oh, I'd love to. She's and, awesome. I've read, her books are incredible. Yeah, and Cindy Rizzo is going to be our spe special speaker. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Fantastic. Well, if you've not got tickets and you can head on over there in July, hang out with Susie. <laughs> it really is a great time. It's, it's informative, educational. It's a wonderful networking opportunity. It's for introverts and extroverts. Even if you're shy and afraid to be, to go into a room full of maybe your favorite authors, or if you're an author and afraid to go into a room with your, with your readers, there's yeah. something for everybody and every, there are so many, oh my gosh, everybody is so welcoming. You will not feel uncomfortable, I promise. And we are all there, the board members, the community itself to help it, to help you have a wonderful experience. It is a, it's an incredibly enriching experience that when you walk away from it, you, you walk away with new friendships, most likely everybody that I've ever talked with has walked away with some kind of friendship. Um, and just a new appreciation for lesbian literature. Love it. Well, well, that's a good reason enough anyway. Thank you so much for joining me, Susie. You've been absolutely awesome. And I know it's so early, so I appreciate it. You are very welcome. It has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. And thanks everybody for listening. Take care, look after yourself, keep well. You have been listening to Seize the Day with Natalie Miller-Snell. All contact information can be found in the show notes, together with any links to websites I may have referred to in the show. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please pop over to seizethedashday.com where you'll find my other shows. And come and talk to me at Twitter or email me on nataliemillersnell at gmail.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>